Meeting call to order. Hey guys. Hello, hello, hello. Good morning. Good afternoon. Oh, sh- it is 2 p.m. What? Is it 2 p.m.? It's 2 p.m. Oh, wow. Hey guys. How are we doing today? What's up? What is, um, what's today's topic, Danielle? Today we are talking about our family, family ties. Family ties and what's on today's, um, agenda for this meeting. Today, we are going to start with a conversation about what family means to us. Ooh. That should be really fun, a good segue. Mm-hmm. Then we're going to talk in about our parents. We're going to talk about our roles um, with our siblings, some funny stories with our siblings. Then we're going to move on to the X of the Week family edition. Ooh, I'm ready to spill some fucking tea. It's going to get juicy. Let's hurt some billing. <laughs> And then we're going to go to another reoccurring segment on our podcast, the Elephant in the Room segment. Ooh, we have so many. We're going to talk about a few current events. That should be pretty fun. And then we're going to end on a pretty light note. We're going to talk about how we want to structure our family in the future based off of our experiences. Yeah, because we've been through shit. It's true. That should be really, really fun. And that's all we have for today. Should we get started? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's get into it. Okay, so I'm going to ask you first. Yeah. What does family mean to you? What does family mean to me? Mm-hmm. When I think about family and I think about my family, I think about our the dynamic that I have with my siblings and with my mom. Um, the, the struggles that we went through together mm-hmm. and how we overcame them together. When I think about family, I think about that, how we more so how my mom and my older siblings had kind of shadowed and hid the fact that we were less fortunate than other people. Mm-hmm. And now as an adult, seeing that as those were sacrifices that they made for my me and my younger sister. So when I think about family, I think about the, you know, the joint struggles we faced, the experiences we've had together and maybe not all of them being great but being learning experiences um being moments that made us who we are now and pretty much just the sacrifices that they have given for us i'm one of the younger two of uh, of our family right and so it wasn't just my mom and my older siblings it was my aunts it was my grandma mm-hmm. there was a lot of female presence in my life and when I think about family, I think about, you know, the femininity within my family because I come from so many women mm-hmm. um, and not really any men aside from my brother. So mainly what draws me to family is women and, and the affection and love that just women naturally give. That's beautiful. What do you think about that? So you, I would, from that, I would take away that family is very important to you. It is a big pillar in your life. Yeah. Because family for me is not just blood. Like it's not. Absolutely. It's not just blood. And that's kind of corny to say, but it's true. It's like there, there are people who have given up a lot of things for me Mm -hmm. to be who I am today. Um, and to not see a lot of struggles that we did face. Yeah. And so it's much more than that because they didn't have to and they, and they didn't need to, but, mm-hmm. but they did. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks. Beautiful. What do you, what do you, what does family mean to you? To me? Yeah. 
family is a safe space. Ooh. I feel like my family to me is where I can be most comfortable, most relaxed. It just brings me so it brings me a lot of joy. Like it's nice. I remember during holidays or any time like all of the family would be together. It would be like the best time of year. I have such fond memories of like Christmas time, Thanksgiving time because it was like I get to see my family. You know, it, it's it's just a sense of comfort, even though I don't live near any of my family. Same, yeah. Like, I find so much joy and so much comfort in knowing that those people are there. And then when I'm with them, it's always a good time. You know, my family isn't perfect either. I don't think any family is. Yeah. But, <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, they mean a lot to me. They mean the most to me, the absolute most to me. Of I'm course. definitely a family person. I, I'm a family girl. I... I I, you know, I prioritize that. I, it's very, it's ranked very high in my life. Yeah. I think that I put a lot of thought into it. I put a lot of heart into it. I love my family. Yeah. I love that. It's mm-hmm. true. We're family I, people. Yeah. I would say, I would say I am a family person, but I would say my family is so different. Absolutely. I think my family is so different, like in terms of our dynamic but mm-hmm. i i love that you brought up safe space like when you go to your family house and right. it's like a safe space yeah. because for me i don't think that when i oh. when <laughs> i when i go to my family we're like fucking on each other's heads about everything like it's like a war zone yeah like we, like we fucking bring out the ugliness in each other but we also bring out the beauty like absolutely when i come to my family's house like for every holiday we always mm. have a lot of deep conversations and you do yeah and a lot of the times they're sometimes they're uncomfortable conversations and but we need to have them i almost want to say like our holidays are kind of like our family joint therapy sessions for our, so for our previous year yeah so we have like very deep conversation very deep conversations but like even though not all the time it's needed um or not needed but like it's we shouldn't be doing it's this. I'm like, yeah, we still have those conversations and it's not like only a few people participating in these conversations. It's our whole family. It's everybody sitting at the mm-hmm. dinner table and everybody's talking about just kind of what happened this year, kind of what happened in our big life events. And basically like, it's more of like emotional things. What has, what had triggered us in the past year, what were really hard life challenges and it's almost like we are just purging this all out for like thanksgiving and christmas and new year's it sounds like you guys are very very emotionally connected oh yeah like i don't do that with my family we don't sit down and talk about the past and trauma like on a yearly basis like that like i don't think we get down like that no and we i think everybody all together we were kind of like in like a chain in a cycle where we all FaceTime each other daily. Like, on the day-to-day basis, I FaceTime at least three to four members of my family. Oh, wow. Yeah, so we're always, like, I'm, like, switching off. But that's why I think it's funny when you said safe space, because I'm like, fuck, when I go back for the holidays, we're just, like, (laughs) venting, and we're trying to figure out, like, some traumas and shit like that. Your family reminds me of, like, a a unit in, like, a military. Really? You guys are, like, a small little, like, um... I don't, I don't know the war term, but it's like a small little army. Like you guys are like a small little yeah. army and you guys fight sometimes. But at the end of the day, you guys like have been through some shit together and that's going to bond you for life. Yeah. I love that. Thanks. That's so cute. That was, that was a cute segment. I love that. Yeah. Just a quick introduction so you guys can like get a picture of, you know, how we feel about family, our feelings, yeah. our emotions towards it, you know, how we prioritize it, all of that stuff. 
Um, let's break it down. Let's break it down for the people and with our next segment. Yes. We're going to talk about parents. Let's focus on our parents and Ooh. that whole experience. What, what we're really going to focus on here when we're talking about our parents is our experience uh, in a single parent household and how it has affected us. Yes. That's going to be the main talking point. The effects of... The effects, the experiences, how different it may have been compared to a quote-unquote normal two-parent household and, you know, just kind of our take on on what happened. Because Omar and I both for a time were in single-parent households and I think we got very different experiences from it. Maybe similar. Oh my God, yes. We haven't really talked about this ever. We've never compared. (laughs) I know, I'm ready. (laughs) But, you know, we're going to we're going to dive deep for you two parent householders out there. We're going to let you know what it's like. Our experiences, at least. And I think divorced or like divorced or single parent kids have so much more personality. I'm sorry, but we're cool. We're so cool. (laughs) You had two parents. Cool. Okay. Cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, you're you're not special. You're not. (laughs) Literally everybody in America has two parents. Literally. Anyways. Anyways, let's get down to our parents and kind of like household dynamic. Danielle, growing up, what was the dynamic in your household or households? Okay. Um, Well, I'm see my my family kind of was constantly altering when I was growing up. So my parents divorced when I was I don't even know, like between the ages of three and five wow. i honestly don't remember i don't remember anything so like, you wouldn't say it was impressionable on your childhood the divorce no okay the the actual separation mm. i don't remember i don't have memories of it i only have memories of growing up with my dad and him being a single father like i yeah. don't have memories at all of living with my mother ever yeah so i don't know i don't remember what that's like i don't know what that's like so that's how it was in the beginning. And then my dad remarried my stepmother mm-hmm. when I was eight years old. So I want to say for a Two couple years. years. Yeah, a couple years. Like the main childhood memories. I just remember it being me, my sister Danica, and my dad. Like that was us. And the dynamic was very much, I don't know, like he was an amazing he still is an amazing father figure i mean we we were like little ducklings and we would just do everything that he said and followed all the rules and for the most part (laughs) that's funny yeah but i mean our dynamic was really good like he was very he was a very good father he had rules he was very structured with our with our diets and you know what we could do it was no complaints honestly i love that it was very structured and maybe that's why i am the way i am now like I am, I'm a person who needs structure. I demand structure in my life. Like yeah. if we make plans and I'm like, okay, what's the plan? What are we doing at this time? When are we going to lunch? When are we doing this? Like I'm very much a structured person and it, it's because of how I grew up, but I, I'm okay with it. I love it. So I know that you and I had talked about it a little bit prior to recording the episode mm-hmm. um, because we kind of both have opposite ends of the stick. Oh yeah. Um, being that there was not really a strong mother figure in your life Mm -hmm. on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. For like the prime childhood For the prime childhood one and two, um, kind of now in your day-to-day life interactions with other women, girls, and feminine figures. We did talk about this because you also... Yeah, that's what I'm saying on opposite ends of Mm -hmm. the stick because you obviously had a very strong man presence absolutely as opposed to where i had a very strong you know 
women yeah. feminine presence and yeah. basically my question for you is now that we are older and you you obviously understand the role your father played and what he offered to you mm-hmm. but do you see in your day-to-day life any absences or feelings of emotions in a feminine, you know, that feminine aspect that you would be getting from um, a feminine or mother figure? I definitely feel like I am missing a lot of connection with quote unquote feminine things or feminine feelings or feminine emotions because that was lacking for a portion of my childhood. And I I do want to give credit to my stepmother because she when she came in, she was amazing. She was there for me during my preteen, my teenage years oh God, when I really needed worst. a woman there. Yeah, that's the worst. When I needed a woman there, she was there for me. So I'm thankful for her for that. But during a portion of my childhood, I didn't have a strong feminine mother yeah. figure there. And I definitely feel a little bit of that now, definitely in my adulthood. Like we were talking about movies like a couple weeks ago. Rom-coms, Rom-coms chick, chick flicks. Chick flicks, like movies where there's like a, a mother-daughter dynamic. Yeah. I personally don't get much emotion out of it. Your top, what was it? Your One of your top rated movies on flicks. Was it flicks? Uh, Letterbox. Letterbox is a war movie. <laughs> And I hate war movies. Okay, but that's a good movie. I don't like war movies, but that's a good movie. Anyways, you were saying, so chick flicks, rom-coms. I don't know. Just like little things here and there in my day-to-day life, I, I don't connect with that feminine side. Like, And I, I'm not trying to sound like a pick-me, okay? I swear to God, it. I just I didn't grow up with that for, yeah. for a portion of my childhood. Yeah, that's okay. And I don't think it's an issue. I don't think I need to fix it. I think yeah. I'm fine the way I am. But it is prevalent. And as I've grown up, I've recognized that like, oh, like I don't I don't connect with this. I don't No emotion is coming out of me when I see this or when I, you know, when the average woman would be like, oh, yeah, like, of course, that would make me cry. Like, I feel this way about this. I I don't. What about you? Because you have the opposite end of that stick because you didn't have this masculine, you know, father figure in your life. What how did that shape you now? Oh my God! Sorry, well, we're getting deep. We're I know. Five I, minutes I, in. We're like five, ten minutes I in. I know. I, I haven't even talked about my family yet, but yeah, I'm gonna dive in, um, and then I'll just kind of transition, jumping off of what you said. Mm-hmm. I, I've thought about this multiple times, you know, in my life, throughout my life, and thinking about the, you know, the masculine aspect of you know that role model and not having it, and I think it did it did play a very strong part in my teenage years and in my adult life. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there is a lot of research and um, readings that I've read basically saying, you know, ha- not having a, a strong male presence can lead to um, men either disrespecting women, not having any respect for women yeah, or, um, what I've read before, and I'm not going to confirm it, but what I've read is, you know, men being gay and or coming out queer because of not having that male presence. And I'm not sure if that falls under me. Mm-hmm. I don't think that plays a part, but it could. Um, and I've also just seen more now that I can understand in a, in a reading that I was um, looking into basically not having that male figure is kind of I don't I couldn't describe it to you the other day, but it's kind of like having that imposter syndrome yeah but instead 
in the terms of with other men, like not knowing how to converse or relate to other men and sometimes even being insecure or even afraid to speak to other men. Interesting. And I will say that growing up, that's how I was. I was I was not someone who had a lot of guy friends. And so, you know, growing older in my, you know, my teenage years and my adult life, like I definitely connected with that in terms of like, you know, I, I do have a few guy cousins and I do have a few uncles, but I'm like, I, I don't know how to connect with you guys. I don't, I can't find any, I guess, what is it? Path to like, there's no way in, not like, no way in. It's just more of like, I, there's no connection here. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously like, it's just kind of like that funny saying that we see of like, you know, those guys in elementary school who only have girlfriends yeah and, um, till like till they get older and I think for a majority of my life that's how it was and I, I'm not saying I, I don't want to say that that's not the reason but I have seen correlation with what I've read and what has happened in my um my life so far like I like I will say that's the only way I can put it is like mm-hmm. an, an imposter syndrome with other guys it's like um unless if they're not gay like I sometimes I don't really understand them and I feel weird to speak to other men more not more when I was younger not now like Mm -hmm. now I'm a very social person Mm -hmm. and I can find things to communicate and talk to people with but growing up in my life that's how I felt around a lot of male presences like it was just very weird for me it was uncomfortable it was weird yeah it was weird so um and I know that you and I were talking about that before because like I love a lot of chick flicks and I love a lot of rom-coms and I was seen, that one movie we were, we... we were talking about Luca. Yeah. We were Luca. talking about Luca, the Disney movie. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yeah, I didn't really like it. And for me, it was just a lot of hidden meanings in it. Um, I read that they were technically, they were like in love. It, mm-hmm. was, it was supposed to be more than just a friendship. They were supposed to, you know, have some type of connection. Mm-hmm. And in those years in your life, that's really kind of one of the more important times because you really understand and absorb a lot of things. So when you and I were talking about Luca, you're like, mm, well, I didn't really get it. And I was like talking to you about it. And you're like, whoa, yeah, what do you mean? Like this was hidden in there or like, mm-hmm. you know, I was just explaining to you all the little things that I found. And we were just kind of going back and forth as to why that is. Um, and that can be like our parents, like the feminine and masculine side in our, in I think our we're life. the perfect match. Yeah. <laughs> literally, perfect literally. Match. Yeah. Cause you know, we, we both have are coming from different areas. Mm-hmm. Like I grew up with a strong male presence. You yeah. grew up with a strong female presence and those coming together. It's like, we're showing things to each other. I didn't know. Yeah. I can't connect the same way you connect with things the same way you can't connect with things that I connect yeah. with. Um, I love a good rom-com. I love a good chick flick. I don't. I really don't. There's so much hitting meaning. <laughs> and I think it's funny because I'm always asking him, like, well, what does it feel to have a dad? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, like, so I literally be like, so, like, what is what did your dad cook for dinner? Like, I don't I don't get it. Like, what would your dad make you guys? Look. Hot dogs? <laughs> look, my dad did the best with what he could do. We were having hamburger helper. Mm. We loved a frozen TV dinner. No. Like. He and he worked all the time. He was like a very ranked very low in the Air Force yeah. when we were younger. So he had to work long hours. We didn't have a lot of money. He was the only source of income for two yeah. girls. You know, it was 
it was a lot of work and he did the best with what he could do but like you were saying like hiding the fact that you your family was going through this my dad did a very good job of doing that because i had no idea we were like not comfortable with money until yeah. i grew up i was like wait a minute we were low-key struggling like oh yeah like i didn't know all these things like that we were struggling with this and that, you know, we were too poor to afford like all this stuff. Yeah. I didn't know that because it didn't feel that way growing up. My dad did an amazing job mm-hmm. of making it feel like this is this is what we have and this is this is just enough. Like this is perfect. This is the right amount. Yeah. And it felt that way. I never felt like we were lacking anything growing up. Yeah, neither neither did I. I mean, I know like like I said, we have these conversations with my family all the time and my siblings. Mm-hmm. And my older siblings will tell us, like, yeah, like we felt like very poor and you know, there was a lot of struggles we faced and i'm like that's crazy because i don't remember my mom working two sometimes three jobs yeah um i don't remember her being absent like i don't remember like you know being deprived of anything no and i was like i i don't know what you guys are talking about i was like i had a really good childhood um (laughs) my mom used all the resources that she could find Mm -hmm. like we would go to you know a bunch of nonprofits where they'd give out gifts Mm -hmm. for christmas thanksgiving they'd have like 5ks where they'd give out a bunch of goodies and stuff Mm -hmm. like we we would do that year round Mm -hmm. like fucking eight times a year Mm -hmm. my mom would always be going to like these nonprofit events taking us there Mm -hmm. and making us feel like regular kids so I'm like, I, I don't know what you guys are talking about. I've never felt, um, like the quote, like the, deprived there's this of anything. Whole, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. There's this whole, like, my mom's of, probably going to cry when she hears this. No, yeah. Aww. I'm about to cry with her. <laughs> Cause like, there's this whole kind of, you know, what's it called? Uh, a stereotype yeah. where people who have single parents, there's actually a bunch of statistics like people who only have one parent, one parent households, they're more likely to become obese. They're less yeah. likely to get a degree. They're more likely to get in, to fail in school, to be incarcerated, to be incarcerated. They're more likely to be go to jail. It's like all of these statistics. However, I think us in particular, I can only speak on our experiences. Yeah. I think that I, I never felt any of those things. I never felt like I was lacking in any way, even like for a mother figure, I never felt like I was lacking because I did see my mom. My mom was still part of my childhood, yeah. but you know, she wasn't as strong as her presence of my dad, obviously, but I still never felt like I was lacking anything. You know, my, my dad spent time with us all the time. I remember playing, you know, go fish and card games with him and my sister. We, he would read us a book every night before bed. <gasps> That's every so night. sweet. Like, we, we always had food to eat. We always had things to do. He always, like, hung out with us and played with us. He always gave us attention. I never felt like I was lacking anything. That's amazing. And I, you know, I can't imagine how hard it was to do that. Like, can you, like, do you ever put yourself in your in your mom's shoes? Oh, yeah. I'm like, at your age. And think about how hard that would be to do. At your age? Fuck no. That's what I'm saying. No. My dad was my age with two, like, toddler girls. I wouldn't know how to, I wouldn't, I have no idea how I would approach that. My mom was my age with four kids. <gasps> a single mother with four kids. Oh. I'm over God. here spilling it out. I'm about to go into my story. <laughs> Your mom's going to listen to the song. I know. No, but it's true. Like when we're talking about all of these statistics, mm-hmm. in my aspect, they were, they were kind of like doubled. Like mm-hmm. the percentages were a lot higher for me. Yeah. So jumping off of what you said, I'm going to start off with my side. Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know, quickly and shortly. My, my mom growing up when, before I was born, my mom was going through rehab and kind of like the beginning of my childhood, the first few years of my childhood, Mm -hmm. my mom was, um, she went through rehab. She was going through all these programs and she, she's been drug free for many years now. 
way like 20 something years now but Mm -hmm. those were kind of like the early years of my life and and she was you know she was on drugs and she talks about it she openly talks about it right um and she has no shame about it. And that's what I love about her is that she tells her experiences and she gives it raw and emotional and mm-hmm. she tells it straight up. So, um, you know, more my older siblings remember that. Um, and in the transition of when I was born, she got clean and she started doing all these programs, going through rehab. Um, and so then my younger sister was born and she kind of just really pushed hard for, you know, making a big change in her life. And at the same time, my dad, he, um, he was going through a lot of rough things, but basically eventually something had happened and my dad had gotten incarcerated until I was, I think 19, 20. So my dad was not there. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think I was almost want to say, I think I was two or three when he got incarcerated and, um, him and my mom were in a custody battle before. And I just remember during this custody battle, there were supervised visits between both of my parents. So my mom would drop me off and I'd go in this room and it was kind of like a holding room. And oh my God. And um, she would leave and then my dad would be outside in the yard mm-hmm. and they'd open it up and I'd go outside and I'd have supervised visits with my dad mm-hmm. during this time in my life. Um, and I just had told my mom about this two weeks ago. I was like, I still remember this. Like, I still remember being here, you dropping me off weekly. And she just started crying. She's like, I don't know how you remember that. Like you were so young. Um, but anyways, yeah. So my dad had got incarcerated. Um, and just to keep it short, it was just a very, it was very bad. You know, he would abuse women. Mm -hmm. If we're being honest, he would abuse women. He Mm -hmm. had abused my mom multiple times and other women, um, and so, yes, he go, he went, he got incarcerated and that kind of, my mom won the custody battle, obviously. Yeah. And so that was just kind of the start of our journey and of our life. It was, I kind of had a bunch of the odds against me, you know, my mom being, um, someone who was on drugs before and then my dad being incarcerated, the odds were against me. The and stats I, were the, looking yeah, down on you. The stats had multiplied on me Absolutely. and they were coming for you. They were coming for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just kind of growing up. It was, I don't want to say it was more hard for my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, and being that I was one of the four siblings mm-hmm. or one of the four kids, it was just really hard. Mm-hmm. So, um, we kind of needed to be together. We kind of needed to be supportive of one of another. Be so strong that, together. Yeah, yeah. Because the odds were against all of us. Yeah. But not just me, my three other siblings as well. And till this day, I mean, I would go see my father sometimes, um, in prisons and it was just, it was such a scary experience. Yeah, I bet. It was such a horrible experience being there and, you know, being forced to go. Mm-hmm. I, I never really wanted to go and I never felt, um, like I was missing out if I didn't go. Yeah. You know? So, um, at a very young age that, that male presence was very absent mm-hmm. and, you know, I would receive those cards. I would receive those letters and stuff. But as I got older, it just kind of really didn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. The older I got, the more I understood what happened, the more I understood why he was in prison. Um, and the more I understood the type of person that he wanted to be like his, right. his family or the type of person he was like his family let me know, um, 
when I as I got older, they let me know my aunts, obviously, because mm-hmm. female presence, they mm-hmm. would tell me this. They would tell me the truth and they would tell me, you know, like, you need to be grateful for your mother because if your father was here, it would it'd be a lot worse. Right. Because he was not um, he was not going down without a fight. Mm-hmm. Um, and so more now like I just don't seek that male presence in my life my father figure per se um but like with my mom like obviously we have a very strong connection yeah me and my mom have a very strong connection like we talk like three times a day yeah and she I'm out of all her out of all her children I am the one that she comes to to say like just basically tell as if I was her friend say something that she just wants to say like Mm -hmm. without judgment I give her no judgment. Yeah. And so she tells me everything. Oh. <laughs> More things that I don't need to know. You said, Miss Priscilla, yeah, I Yeah, but that's, that's my dynamic with my mom. And it, we just kind of got like that very early. I was such a mommy's boy um, until I was like a teenager. And me and my mom couldn't stand each other. Oh, me. Me with my dad. We could oh. not. No, we couldn't stand each other. Like my mom, um, my mom is a very emotional person. Yeah. She is very emotional. She thinks with her heart mm-hmm. and I think with my mind. Mm-hmm. I'm not an emotional person at all. I'm, I would say I'm an emotional, but when it comes to like making decisions, mm-hmm. conversing, day to day life aspects, I'm not thinking with my heart. I'm thinking right. with my fucking mind and right. I'm thinking with judgment. Mm-hmm. And my mom is very much like hard on my sleeve. Like whatever I feel is is how I'm going to react to it. Right. <sighs> yeah. So that's just my little. Let story. it out. <laughs> wow. We went through. We just went through a whole ass 20 <sighs> something years session. and 20 minutes. Yeah. Anyways. Let's move on. That was great. Wait, let's shout out our parents, our, our single parents shout for that Priscilla. area of our life. Shout out Wilberth. We love you. Wilberth. Wilberth. My father. Oh, my gosh. Let's move on to siblings. Oh, that was crazy. Yeah. let's l- Siblings should be a lot more of a of lighthearted conversation. <sighs> well, let's, let's begin the sibling talk with our roles because you and I, we have a big family. We mm-hmm. both have a, a lot of siblings. Yeah. More me. <laughs> no, more you. <laughs> I have a lot of siblings. I only have three. I have um, five. <gasps> I'm the oldest of six. Oh, my God. Yeah. And that's that's kind of what we want to get into. Our roles as an older child and a middle child. Yeah. And how different our experiences were in that with our siblings and the dynamic between our siblings. So, okay. So, being the oldest sibling, I've... I've had very intimate conversations and very personal conversations with my older sister Mm -hmm. and the sacrifices that she's given up Mm -hmm. and the feelings that she's had being the oldest sibling kind Mm -hmm. of overseeing everybody. Yeah. Just can you describe to me what it meant or what it is to you being the oldest sibling? Yeah, absolutely. I definitely think that I like your sister. I have the bigger picture of everything. I think that my job as the older sibling is not to necessarily shield the younger siblings, but it is to kind of take everything, like take everything in the back. It's like, I'm going to not let them be exposed to this the same way that I was or the same way that I felt. I don't want them to feel the things that I felt like that's, that's the job as the oldest sibling. It is to protect and provide and be there for them and kind of act as like a a second or third parent in a way, because that's exactly what I feel like but and it's I'm not saying it's a burden Uh, it just comes with being the older sibling you bear a lot of responsibility it's a lot of thinking Mm -hmm. about everybody and it's it's just a huge 
weight that I've learned to bear over the years. And it's not like, you know, I'm doing a lot. Yeah. It's just always in the back of your mind. Like you can't function day to day without thinking like, what are my younger sisters doing? You know, what's going on here with my brother? It's constantly in your mind. Like, are they okay? School has started. You know, who's doing what? What's going on? And I don't know why that is. Um, but I definitely feel like, I don't know if your sister's like this, but I definitely feel like I am the more serious one out of like all of the siblings group. I'm the most serious, the most dependable. I don't want to pat myself yeah. on the back, but I definitely feel like the most dependable because I wanted to be that for my siblings. I created this, like, mm-hmm. I want to be dependable. I want to be relied on because that is my job as the eldest sister. Yeah. You definitely bear um, a weight. But I don't think it's a bad thing. And I think that's a lot of things that a lot of it's a stigma that a lot of older siblings carry with them. It's like because I'm the oldest, I have to bear all of this awful weight mm-hmm. and like I have to be responsible for everybody. And I I don't see it as a weight. I think it's, you know, it's just part of my job. I was born first <laughs> and that comes works. Yeah. But it also comes with having to be the eldest sibling and to carry all of these things with you. And not even that, but. Not just being the oldest sibling of just one family, but two families. Yeah, I, I have one sister who ha- shares parents with with my with me, mm-hmm. and then I have half siblings on both sides. Yeah. My dad remarried, and he had a daughter, and my mom remarried, and she had three daughters and a son. So I have half siblings on both sides. So it's not even like a collective like community. It's yeah. like I have to check in on this one, and then this one, and then Danica. It's like all over the place. Have but you ever, have you ever have watched Cheaper by the Dozen? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. Anyways, as you were saying, sorry. I was saying that um, the older sibling deals with a lot of stuff, yeah. and I'm okay with that. I've, I've 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 learned to deal with it, and I think it's fun. Okay. And now a question. No, a question that I oh. have before we move on. Okay, we're not done. Being the older sibling. Mm-hmm. Um. Would you say that you have some type of resentment towards, like, your parents? Absolutely not. Really? Absolutely not. Like, like, do you feel like you were deprived of something that your parents were giving to your younger siblings now? Do you feel a certain way? Is there... No, I mean, I, I can understand now that I'm, now that I'm older that because I was the first, my parents were still learning. When I was born, my mom was 16 and my dad was 18. So they were learning. They aren't going to be as experienced and as patient with me as they were with my younger siblings because they had learned and they had experience already. So I, I don't, I don't hold any type of resentment or any type of feeling about that. I think it's a normal thing. Um, and I totally understand like yeah. how hard it is to become a parent that young. And, you know, I, I don't blame them for any of that. I don't feel any type of way about it, really. That's crazy. That's good. That's good because I've heard other things. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but it's but it's true. I think it's almost natural to have that type of resentment and sometimes not understand why. Yeah. Um, being, I can understand why being, some people yeah, would feel that way. Being the course. oldest child. Well, for me... I'm the middle child. You're the middle child. Let's get into that middle am, child syndrome. So, like, I am the middle child, mm-hmm. and literally all of my siblings say I act like the middle child. I just don't give <laughs> you a You give sh- off middle child energy. I literally just don't give a shit. Honestly, I will say out of all of my siblings, mm-hmm. I was the most fortunate growing up. Yeah. Period, point blank. I, I, th- I think that's accurate, yeah. Um, my older siblings, they, cause they're only a f- like a year or two apart. So 
I kind of consider them the older siblings, like, <laughs> together. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like the olders. But they're very much, like, my as far as my older sister being the oldest, she is very dependable. And she's very, um, she kind of very much acted as that um, other parent figure. Mm-hmm. And then with my brother, he kind of is the more serious one. Mm-hmm. He is um, the one that looks out for us, but at the same time, like, he wants us to learn and he wants to make sure that we're doing the best we can. Yeah. So, like, I kind of see, like, you are, like, a match between both of them. Yeah. Like, one of them is very serious and mm-hmm. one of them is very direct and stern. And then my older sister, she kind of is just, she showed me that extra love that I needed when my mom was not there. Mm-hmm. And she's very dependable. Like, she made sure to make us feel like, kids yeah but she was a kid at the same time so she go ahead i think that is of like my main thing as an older sibling i want to make sure that my siblings never felt deprived of childhood deprived of anything really like i take them out and they're like oh can we do this and i'm like well i don't i remember when i would do this as a kid Mm -hmm. i would no we can't do that right now no we i don't want to pay for that I always say yes to my siblings. Anything they want, anything they want to do, it's always yes, 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 yes. And it's like you were saying, what your sister's like, in the back of her mind, it's like, I want them to act like a child. I want them to be a child and have these things and enjoy it to the fullest. I can totally, totally connect with that. Yeah, so, like, when I have that conversation with her, and she's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, she's like, I just wanted you guys to be kids. Yeah. But at the same time, she was also a kid, and Mm -hmm. so, like, now there's this feeling of missing out on her childhood Mm -hmm. and so she's very young spirited and she almost like we're all of us more kind of more them than me but like Mm -hmm. they're kind of um fueling those inner childhood experiences that they always wanted to have yeah and so i i say i'm the most fortunate one and i think we can all agree is that i um (laughs) I was there when my mom obviously was doing a lot better and she had remarried Mm -hmm. um, and I kind of lived a very normal life. Like I had to, like I just went to school, extracurriculars, Mm -hmm. I didn't really need a job. Like my siblings had to get a job. All three of my siblings had to get a job to help my mom out. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't. Mm -hmm. Um, I kind of just went to school, did my sports, went out. And when I left, my mom went through her divorce and my younger sister was there. Mm -hmm. And so my younger sister seen my mom go through this divorce and she had to help her out in many different ways. And so somewhat of her teenage years was taken from her helping my mom out to Mm -hmm. cope with that. And that's why I say I'm the most fortunate one because my older siblings had um, a little rough upbringing when they were younger. And my older sister, she, or my younger sister, she kind of, her teenage years were kind of robbed of her. Mm -hmm. So for me, I've never, I missed both ends of that. Yeah, And so, and I very much act like the middle sibling. I honestly don't care. (laughs) I honestly just kind of, I would say I'm the most free spirited out of all of my siblings. Yeah. Um, and I don't care. I don't really care what the consequences are. Like I know that I'll do something and I can get out of it. Yeah. And that's not always a great thing. Um, (laughs) but you know, uh, my older siblings and my younger sister are very like structured. They all have a routine and they all kind of, 
are very similar for me i'm like um well why not like why aren't you doing this like who cares so and when it comes to the middle child syndrome because that's kind of a real thing it is it it is a real thing and so when i was a teenager i would i would say i did have that um because my mom did not pay as much attention to me as she did to my other siblings. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was always angry with my mom, like in my teenage years. I was always fighting with my mom. You remember? I was I always do. fighting with her. She was always taking my phone away. I was always grounded. Same. Hey, you're talking to the queen of being grounded. <laughs> no, I was, yeah, I was like grounded for months. But going back, I'm like, I think about it as like the middle child syndrome. And it's funny because, um, I thought I had it the worst, yeah. but I didn't nowhere near. And so for a minute in time, I thought I was like, oh my God, middle child syndrome this, but I'm like, no. You're pretty lucky for a middle child. Huh? You you got pretty lucky as yeah. a middle child. Yeah. But that's because I was like, I don't have friends. <laughs> I had friends and I'd always be out and my grandma loved me. So yeah, my grandma, um, she kind of, she was always like watching out for me and she was always putting my mom in check so mm. i think i had my middle child syndrome wasn't as bad as other people's right um but i mean i condemn you being the oldest child and you know not holding any resentment towards your parents yeah. because being the oldest and having that position it's very real and it's usually very common to have a lot of resentment or a lot of anger hate because of your childhood being Stress, the oldest anxiety. sibling. Yeah. For me, I'm like, oh, I had the middle child syndrome, but it wasn't real. Yeah. You know, no, literally. <laughs> there was bigger problems. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, wow. All right. So that we was spoke. Great. Yeah. I like getting it out. So we spoke on our roles as an older and middle child. Let's keep it lighthearted. Let's lighten it up with some funny sibling stories. Ooh. I'm going to start because my sister, Danica, she's been asking. For a shout out. She said, why haven't you mentioned me on your podcast yet? Why haven't you talked about me yet? Oh I said, okay, God. you want your spotlight? I'll give it to you right here, right now. I love how um, I love how you're, we were talking about last week's episode. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> side note, last <laughs> week's episode, three things. One, we got criticism about it from somebody. Um, scandal. Anyways, two, if you don't like how I word or how I say my things, then we just don't listen to the podcast. Yeah. That fuels me to be even more reckless and say what the <laughs> fuck I want. You know what I'm saying? That's who I am. And three, this last episode was the most streamed episode of the season it so far. Was. We got so many views. So many views. Like, it was our most popular episode that we've released thus far. Out y'all of the are four. some fucking chismosas. For real? Yeah, y'all, y'all we, want the drama, y'all want the yeah. tea. Anyways, um, I was saying... I was bringing it up because I know that you were talking about your sister, mm-hmm. Danica. Mm-hmm. We got to drop welcome. names because we have like, you got like four sisters. This is your moment, Danica. Um, your sister, Danica, and how she was telling you about the story between my Jane, friend's foe. Jane. Mm-hmm. And she was like, Omar's saying everything that I wanted to say. Danica's so you funny. Hit her. I, <laughs> I face, she was like texting me while she was listening to the podcast and she just sent in quotes, you should have hit her. And I said, oh. It's true. But she was saying this. She was saying that um, I'm so glad like Omar. Omar's so funny. He was saying everything that I wanted to say. Like if you were telling me this story, everything that Omar was saying, I would have said too. Danica's very much like you. She gives off the same middle kid energy that you do. I think she does. 
she ain't the middle oh she is the middle she child is. technically yeah, yeah she is she she is a middle child she period. gives up the same energy period as and she's an aquarius and she's an aquarius red flags <laughs> anyways let's go to our ex so you were wait, talking wait, wait we didn't do funny sibling stories oh i thought we were doing ex we're going to okay funny sibling, sibling stories. stories oh my god okay i'll go first since we're on this danica train right now um my story is how great Danica and I's relationship is and it kind of stems from that when I was 16 17 you know a, a annoying reckless crazy teenager um I would love 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 to sneak out of my house yeah. and just go out I you know my dad was very strict he ran a very tight household and I was not allowed out after like 10 p.m. I think my curfew was 10 p.m. in high school. What the heck? Yeah. I was not allowed out. And fair enough. That's fine. I've, I've learned to deal with that now. However, I didn't care at 16, 17. I said, I'm going out. And I remember I might get her in trouble for this because I don't, I don't know if my dad knows this. <laughs> oh, my God. When I wanted to sneak out, Danica, I would recruit her help. I would ask Danica because my dad hit our house was very much like a military compound. Really? We had cameras. Oh, we had no. sensors. It, it was going down. So to get out, we were busting a mission. I had to bust a mission. Danica never went out with me. I would bust a mission to get out and Danica would aid me in this. So what we would do, this is this is our plan. She would invite her friend over to sleep over. Mm-hmm. So she would have a sleepover with her friend on the night that I wanted to sneak out. And <laughs> what they would do is while I was opening the window, because it was kind of loud to yeah. like, open the window, I could take off, you know, the screens on the windows. Yeah. I could take that off in like two seconds. I mastered removing the screen without breaking it and then putting it in my closet and then putting it back in once I was back home. Oh my God. I mastered it. I could take it in and out. No problem. But so Danica, what she would do is when I opened that window, she would be out there like talking to my dad with Victoria and like ma- making like noise in the kitchen so mm-hmm. that they wouldn't hear it or she would flush the toilet or she would like turn the TV really loud. Danica was the noise barrier Mood. so that I could get out right. And then once I was out, she would sometimes put the screen back for me so that like if my dad came in or something like it would still look the same. Yeah. She would do that. And then what her and Victoria would do is they would sleep in my room acting like all three of us were like just sleeping in my room to uh-huh. like, you know, sisterly stuff. And what they would do is Danica would sleep in my bed as my body. Victoria would sl- Victoria. Danica's friend would sleep on the floor and then they would set up like a fake body like out of pillows and blankets next to Victoria on the floor to act as Danica. Oh my god. It would be a whole scheme and everyone was involved. <laughs> Danielle. And then in the mornings Danica would let me in. She would, mornings? In like the mornings. you wouldn't come back till the next day? Yeah, I would come back home like at five or six in the morning. Where would you go? Don't worry about it. What would you be doing? Don't worry about it. Who would you be doing? Okay, don't <laughs> worry about it. <laughs> oh my God. But yeah, Danica, she would help me sneak out. You would love to live at my mom's house. We didn't <laughs> have no alarms. We didn't have no sensors. Oh no my cameras. God, I wish I could walk out the front door. I would walk out the front door. You're crazy. I'm dead. Ooh, you're horrible. I'm not. You're horrible. I can't wait. You know, Danica never snuck out. And I was always worried about that. Like, being the older sibling, I was still in the back of my mind. I was like, I really hope Danica takes nothing away from this and she doesn't do this. Oh, my gosh. And to my knowledge, she didn't. So, that makes me happy. But, yeah, shout out to Danica for helping me sneak out and be a teenager. That's crazy. I can't. Well, I mean, it didn't work because eventually you did get caught. Yeah. Danica was actually the one to text me. The day... I snuck out multiple times. Yeah. But the day that I got caught, 
Danica had texted me right away and she was like, they know you're not here. And I said, no, but she was my go-to. She said, you you better go home. Like they know you're not here. They're taking down your door. Like it was for real. It was for serious. Oh Danica's my. been my day one. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Danica helped me out a lot back then. I wish, I wish I had Danica. My little sister was a fucking brat. <laughs> she literally would always tell on me. <gasps> She would? Yeah, she'd always be like, Omar can do this. Omar can do that. Take Omar's phone away. And I'm like, shut <gasps> the fuck up. What? Yeah, she was a little bitch. Oh, my God. No, yeah. Danica would keep my secrets. Yeah. Danica would hold it down. She was a solid fortress. Period. For me and my secrets. <laughs> I think it's funny because when I think of like my sibling stories, I think of one that comes to mind in high school. Let's hear your funny sibling story. Well, it's kind of... So let me just put it this way. When I, me and my siblings, we have mm-hmm. a lot of experiences, day-to-day experiences, but mm-hmm. I'm kind of like the, I'm kind of like the fucking bouncer for them. <laughs> so like when my siblings want to like start some shit, yeah. like they call me to like help them out. Oh. But one time I remember I was in high school and I was in the student store and some girl was talking crazy to me <gasps> and she was like. She was like giving me attitude and I'm like, and mind you, this was like two wait, two weeks after my sister just came back from suspension after getting in a fight. Is that the cafeteria? Yeah, the one <laughs> in the cafeteria. So I'm like, she's talking to me in the student store and I'm like, bitch, I was like, who are you talking to like this? Because I will call my sister right now. Yeah. And I'm like, you think I'm fucking playing? And Ooh. she was like, call your sister. And I was like, okay, I'll call <gasps> her. So I was a senior. I was the president. So I, you can't rang, I rang the intercom. Or you did? I put on the intercom and I was like, Selena Campos to the student store. <laughs> and then she was like, no, I was joking. I was joking. And mm. she got all scared. And so my sister, this is in, this is when my sister was in her King Kylie era. <laughs> <laughs> so she came in with her lips over line, her little beanie hat, her bomber jacket. Uh-huh. And she comes in and she's like, what? And I was like, I need you to beat this bitch's ass because she's talking to me crazy. Are you being serious? No, I'm serious. Where was I? You were in there. You were laughing. Wait, what? Yeah. I blacked out. You know who it was? Who? It was. <gasps> oh, my God. Yeah. Remember the drama? And now her and my sister are friends. Oh. But it was funny because, um, like, that's just kind of like the dynamic I've always had with my little sister. Like, I'm like, let's let's jump. And, you know, her, her and I have gotten in fights together. So. Yeah. I know. Period. Anyways. <laughs> and I just thought it was so funny because now, like, me and my sister always bring that up. And she was like, who the fuck did you think you were? No, literally. Like, calling your, like, yeah. calling back up and the SWAT I, team. And Selena. I literally, like, over the intercom all over the school. And I was like, Selena Campos. <laughs> Selena Campos, report to the student store. This is an emergency. Wait, I love that. I like how our sisters are, like, ride or die. They said, yeah. we'll beat up. Yeah. And she was like, who? What's that? Tell me why, Danica. She's like, if I was there when all of that went down, because Danica moved schools, yeah, remember? She's I remember. like, if I was there during all of that, like, I would have beat her up. I said, I wish you could have. I, I wish you would have. I love that. Look at our sisters. Our sisters are bomb. They they're low key kind of similar. Are they? Maybe a little bit. My sister's a little bitch. Danica can be, just I not like to Danica. me. <laughs> Anyways. Oh wait, wait, hold on. Before we move on, let's talk about when you ditched school with my sister uh-huh. and didn't tell nobody told me danica just came back i don't know what she she's like yeah you know i just went out and i said where'd you go <laughs> she said me and omar just left and i said what yeah we went to the store we went to go get something for breakfast <laughs> <laughs> you took my sister to 
bitch school. <laughs> why are you why are you trying to burn me out to fucking Will? Oh, it's okay. Danica, she graduated. She's she good. graduated out. Yeah. She's anyways, good. so <laughs> this was after zero period or like first period, and I'd be abusing my powers. Like, oh, you would. I would literally like I remember, as president. Yeah, I remember one time I was like, oh, I'm ditching, and um, your ex boyfriend's aunt, who was the secretary at the time, mm. she called security on me to um like get me in trouble and escort me to the principal's office <laughs> and the security pulled up on me and they're like where are you going i was like i'm going to jack in the box and they're like oh do you want to ride to your car <laughs> so i remember one time me and dana left danica left and um the security was like where are you going i was like i'm gonna go get breakfast uh-huh. and they're like okay we'll bring me something no and i'm like well yeah what about it so then we left and we just went to go get breakfast and it was just so funny because i remember coming back and you were like you did not take my sister i'm like what <laughs> Oh my god. Period. I can't believe that happened. She's a vibe. <laughs> I love Danica. We should have her on the podcast. Oh my god. <laughs> Anyways, I think that wraps up our sibling stories. You're welcome, siblings. This was your moment. There we go. Anyways, on to our next segment of this episode, the X of the Week segment, Family Edition. Danielle, what's the first ick? <laughs> what's your first ick? My first ick is when my sisters in particular one sister in particular texts me asking for money for <gasps> something dumb it's it's drew first of all i'm, I'm gonna give her her moment drew my um do you third, want to bleep that out no oh my let God. her let her know drew she's always texting me asking like for the randomest things and it's so so annoying i do it but it's so annoying she'll be like can you send me five dollars so i can buy this book on audible and i'm like girl let wait you have parents she's buying a fucking book i know but still like that's not my job i have a dog i would have have my fucking siblings buy me alcohol oh she's 13 my sister asked me (laughs) if i could buy her (laughs) pre-rolls i'm not gonna say anything anyways um yeah, I she always just texts me the random like she'll send me screenshots of like shirts from Etsy. And she'll be like, Can you buy this for me? And I'm like, No. She's like, But it's so cute. Look at it, look at it. And I'm like, Drew, please get a grip. I'm not doing it. I don't want to do it. She loves to ask me for money. Drew, get your money up. Not just Get money your money up. up. No, don't kidding. ask me. I'm and I'm like, I'm not your mom. I'm not your dad. Like, but as the older sibling, that's where it comes into play. They always ask me, and I always give in. But it's still annoying. I'm about to ask you to buy me something. Shut <laughs> you sent me a screenshot. You know what she does? She requests me. <gasps> she requests oh, money from bold. me. She's bold. She don't even ask you first. She'll, she'll request me on Cash App. She'll request me on Apple. She, Apple Pay. She does <laughs> not care. No. She does not care. That's my first ick. What's, what's yours? My first ick is when... My mom, okay, listen, so I call my mom every day, mm-hmm. and I'll be telling her some secrets, <laughs> and my ick is when my mom goes and tells my siblings, because I'll call my siblings, and they'll tell me, well, yeah, you know, like, your mom wasn't supposed to tell me, but she told me this, so they're over here talking to me, and I'm like, I call my mom Priscilla. <laughs> I rarely call her mom. And I'll be like, Priscilla, why are you fucking telling my business? Why are you spreading gossip? Literally. And she's <laughs> one to fucking do it. But you know what? Like, that is a huge ick of mine. Because she be telling my business. Yeah. But 
I love when she tells me my siblings' business. Oh, exactly. And you like when know, it's turned around. Know, so, like, my brother would be like, no, I'm not telling my mom or I'm not telling you because y'all be telling each other everything. Yeah, exactly. And then you go and tell our sisters. <laughs> and so that's a big ick of mine because I'm like, okay, girl, you're my mother, but you got to hold it down. Keep it together. So be she, No, she'd be telling my business. Like, <laughs> her and my sisters would be going to dinner talking about me. And I'm like, oh, my God. And I'm like, fuck. Like, I'm not going to tell you anything ever again. You're just like Danica. But she I, gets so mad when I tell her. But I always stuff. do it. It's so funny. And I just think it's funny because, like, I love when she's telling me my sibling's business because we'll be chopping it up about it. <clears throat> You're like, can you believe? Can you believe her? Can you believe this bitch? I can't. I can't. She talks, she'd be talking hella shit about my sister Slane. I can't believe. Can you believe that I asked her to throw out the garbage? And she said, you do it. And I said, see, this is why you and I could never live together. Because I'd be a lot worse. Yeah, exactly. Anyways, what's your next ick? My next ick is my my sister, Danica in particular, she loves to hold a grudge. She she loved not to hold a grudge. She likes to hold on to things. And then she like shoves it in my face years later. To this day, and I have one example in particular that really rubs me the wrong way that she will bring up to this day. What? To this day, she always brings up how I learned to ride a bike after her. <laughs> <laughs> she always, like, we could be fighting about random thing. Like, I'll eat her leftovers. She'll be like, da, 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 da. well, I learned to ride a bike before you. That's always thrown in my face. And it's so, so icky. I hate it. I hate when she brings it up. It's like, okay, girl. And, and what? Okay. She always brings it up. I'm fucking dead. Isn't that so annoying? It's some random thing. No, that's something that I would say too. Right? That's something that I would say. Maybe me and Danica are more like. That's what I'm saying. I literally. Throws it in my face every day. Randomest situation. I love talking down to my siblings. (laughs) It builds you up. It's Danica. It builds you up. <laughs> What's Any, your second ick? My next ick is more when I was younger um, than now. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom, um, I always say this, and I always tell her this too. So back in like the Facebook era and like beginning Instagram days, I don't know if you remember, but there was like um, with it, like a page where it was like three minute meals or like. <laughs> cooking hacks you know what i'm saying and they would be like the most nastiest fucking like yeah meals ever Mm -hmm. disgusting (laughs) for a long time that's what my mom would make she'd be like "Ooh, this is really this is really easy and quick yeah like this is real (laughs) this is real easy and for like a majority like a good time growing up i would not eat my mom's fucking food oh my god like i always bring up her her chicken chili what is it like chicken chili bean crock pot recipe oh no i don't know what the fuck it is uh-huh. and i hated it and she would make those meals and that was like the biggest ick in my household i'm like priscilla make some fucking mexican food <laughs> she'd make enchiladas in the oven like an enchilada casserole and i'm like honey you're about to get your mexican card revoked she said can we get it together please yeah like i'm she starving would, like she would see an easy three minute hack of like mexican food and i'm like what do you mean? There's, you can't make this in What three do you minutes. mean an enchilada casserole? <laughs> do you know who your mother is? <laughs> your grandma can cook. My grandma can fucking cook. So Ooh. I'm like, what are you doing? That's Anyways, so that was like a big ick. And I always talk shit to her about it. She's like, I was a single mother. <laughs> it's what we could do. I'm like, yeah, yeah. What the fuck? 
Oh my god. Was that like your you know how some people have like a meal that triggers them when they were younger? Is that your trigger meal? Oh my god, like half of her cooking. <gasps> Give me another a one. A majority. You know what? Like we like I will say we would have chili cheese hot dogs every week. <gasps> well, they would because I wouldn't eat that shit. Mm-hmm. So chili cheese they hot dogs. They would. <laughs> enchilada casserole. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. Tuna. Disgusting. You don't like tuna? No. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so they'll have, like, tuna sandwiches. Oh, my God. I hated my mom's cooking. And she would always be like, oh, my God. Like, I just seen a new hack on, on Facebook, oh, on no. Instagram. <laughs> like, I just seen this new video. And she'd be watching the videos as she's cooking. And oh, I'm like, no. girl. I'm going to fucking die. Like, said, what are we eating? What are we eating? But, and so now, now that we're older, she's fucking cooking. Like, she's cooking Mexican food, regular food. And I'm like, what the fuck was this? Oh, my God. When I came over, what did she make? She made pambasos. Mm. So, pambasos is, um, did she, I think she made chicken specifically for you. Because you told her, you're like, well, Danielle doesn't eat beef. See, that's what I'm saying. And I said, Growing up, she'd be like, I don't give a fuck. You're either going to eat or not. She made a whole, she made a whole ass side meal yeah. with just marinated chicken. It's kind of so like, sweet. so pambasos is like, um, it was like chicken and potato and it's a torta, but it's like, um, it's dipped in a type of like, uh, what is it? Consume? Salsa. Mm. Mm, yeah. Kind of like, think of like birria tacos, but mm-hmm. with a torta. Yum. So she made you that. And I'm like, yeah. Where was this energy? Where was this energy? <laughs> Anyways, that's what that was one of my eggs. That's so funny. What? One of my trigger meals what? growing up, there is this. My dad loved a hamburger helper, and I loved it too. Okay, I thrived on hamburger helper when no. I was younger, but the one hamburger helper that I hated was this taco rice one. If you know, you know. But it was the nastiest thing ever. I remember when I smelt it cooking in the kitchen, I would pretend to be sick. Like I would go downstairs to my dad and be like i just threw up like i'm sick to my stomach no. so that i could because then if you were sick you didn't have to eat that you could eat top ramen and i was like i i feel sick to my stomach i can't eat that like i just need a soup i would fake it i did not want to eat that oh my god i remember you eating top ramen in high school so much now i loved it like you'd be like eating fucking ramen yeah like and i like the fucking school food better than my mom's at a certain time <laughs> Maybe that's why, like, I'm not super picky with, like, certain food. Like, I ate the school food. I loved a lunch at school. Yeah, me too. And the señoras loved me. They did. They it did. Was so sweet. Anyways, <laughs> what's your next ick? My next ick is when my family uses me as a secretary for my siblings. Ooh. So whenever somebody needs to get in touch with I'm going to, I'm going to call her Danica again in particular, because she never answers. Her, she has middle child syndrome to the max. So whenever somebody wants to reach out to her, she doesn't text them back. She doesn't call them back. She's not like super like me. I call my dad all the time. I call my aunt. I call my mom. I'm yeah. FaceTiming all of my family. Danica doesn't do that. She barely responds to, to text <laughs> from family. So then they reach out to me. They're like, well, what's Danica up to? You know what she do? Like, she's my child. What's she doing? Like, tell her to call me back. Like, why isn't she texting me back? And I'm like, girl, I don't know. Cause she's Danica. Like I, I literally don't know. And they relay messages through me. I'm basically her secretary. No, that's that's my job. I'm Danica's full time secretary. <laughs> if anyone needs to get in touch with her, they come to me. They come to me first and schedule an appointment, and then they somehow get in contact with Danica. She'll be like, "What? <laughs> what?" Literally, Danica answers the phone like that. And I'm like, "Relax, <laughs> calm down. <laughs> don't talk to me like that. I'm your friend." Girl, don't get slapped. <laughs> oh Danica my. will beat me up. I know. 
I'm scared. I'm sure she would. She'd rock your shit. No, the day that she just like decided to use all her strength on me, I said, wait a minute, because I used to beat her up. But then when we got older, it kind of switched. And I said, wait, that kind of hurt. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of hurt. Don't do that again. <laughs> See, that's the thing is like me and my brother would rarely fight. Mm-hmm. And I'd never fight with my older sister. But me and my little sister would fight every day. And we would like fist fight. I remember when I went to your house and you guys literally fought in and front of my face. My sister literally fights like a man now. <laughs> so shout out to me. But she fights like a fucking man. It's in her advantage, though. Literally. Clearly, as we can see. She's clear and bitches. She, she just fought a gorilla not too long ago. No! And, and, oh. she, and she beat her ass. She's clear and bitches. Left and right. Anyways. From day one. From day one. Period. <laughs> What's your third ick? <laughs> my third ick. Oh. My third ache is when it pertains to my siblings. Mm-hmm. More now, when I go back home and we're going out, like if we go out anywhere and somebody like just a random dude talks to me mm-hmm. or maybe like a gay guy talks to me, they'll be like, oh, well, he's gay. No. And you're, and you're gay. <gasps> no. What did you think about that? <laughs> and I'm like, what? He just fucking... I'm like, he asked me fucking if if anybody was sitting here or like some <laughs> random shit. You know what I'm saying? They're trying to pimp you Like out. my siblings do that. They'll be like, boy, he's gay. Like, do you know this guy? He's gay. Oh, no. And I'm like, no, I haven't lived here in like six years. I don't know who that is. Literally. And they'll be like, literally my siblings, my, my older sister. She'll be like, that's my little brother. He's gay. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Is that my personality? <laughs> this is your selling point. Yeah. Your only selling yeah, point like, is it's my gay brother. Boys. I'm like, what do you want me to do about that? I know. So that's my fucking biggest ick because <laughs> that's what my fucking siblings do. My older sister, she does that. She'd be like, this is my gay brother. No, I'm like, she I'm, introduces you like yeah, that? Yeah, I'm like, I can't just be your brother. I know. Like, I'm your and brother. And my brother, and then when I'm out with my brother, he'll like, like the waiter, if he comes and fills up my water, and my brother will look at him, and he'll look at me, and he'll look at him, and he'll look at me. Ew. And he'll be like, so what did you think about him? And I'm like. Oh, my God. And I'm like, it'll be the ugliest fucking dudes ever, too. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I have a fucking type. Literally, you do. Yeah, I I'm know like, I have a fucking type. So type. watch out. Anyway, watch out. That's a big fucking ick for me. <laughs> what do you think about that? I think that's so funny. I it comes with good intentions, so I don't think it's like this awful crazy thing. I just think it's hilarious. That's like, fucking horrible. I think it's funny. It's sweet. They have good intentions. That's why it. when it fucking when it comes to my siblings, my sisters, mm-hmm. if there's an ugly dude trying to talk to her, I'm gonna be like, oh yeah, she's hella into you, bro. You're so annoying. Yeah, Aww. and that's why I'm like, yeah, payback, bitch. More my older <laughs> sister. My older sister thinks that shit's so fucking hilarious. <laughs> They love to make you uncomfortable, huh? Yeah, and I'm like, all right, bitch, I'll fucking make you uncomfortable, and then You're I'll so I'll literally funny. find the ugliest dude ever, and I'll be she's like, you so should dance with you. my sister. She's so into you. Yeah. She's been giving you eyes. She's just, that's just her attitude. She has green eyes. <laughs> she's beautiful. <laughs> Anyways, that's a fucking ick of mine. My sister's gonna be like, okay, and what? They'll and be like, I'm gonna still do it, though. Yeah, they're like, so, are you still gay? <laughs> literally, that's what she's gonna say. I'm like, bitch, I'm a human. I know. Anyways, that was my last egg. Oh my god! Actually, you know what? I do have another one. Uh, oh, he I, said I'm clearing the plate today. I do have another one. Let's actually. hear it. More on holidays. <gasps> my biggest fucking ick is when my siblings try to outdress me. <laughs> like they know I'm always serving an outfit for Thanksgiving. Yeah. 
And literally, like, my brother, he's done it before twice. Your family, they, I remember your Rock Nation birthday party. Yeah. Your siblings didn't fucking play. Yeah, my siblings. And I said, that's funny. Yeah, like, my siblings, they, thank God they know how to dress. They do. Because you guys I, all know how to dress. Because I bullied them. Oh, middle child. And I bullied you, remember? You did. You bullied me multiple times. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, so <laughs> that's a big fucking ick of mine. More my brother and my sister, like, if I show them what i'm gonna wear for thanksgiving mm-hmm. my brother would be like okay well i have to go to the store now oh my god and he'll find something better my brother does that shit all the fucking time you gotta keep that a secret like a baby name i can't <laughs> you I can't. get too excited i get too excited <laughs> because i just ordered a party or i just ordered an outfit for a party this weekend mm-hmm. oh my god and i'm over here i just texted uh, my sister-in-law too and i was like what are you wearing to the party mm-hmm. and she's like i don't know why i was like because you like to fucking steal my outfits <gasps> I was like, you like to wear what I wear. Mm-hmm. And so, but that's what my brother does all the time. Like, does Danica ever try to, like, I'll dress you? No, she knows her place. <laughs> all of my siblings. Well, they're all still young. My siblings are relatively Ooh, I young. hate when they try to outdress me. And I'm like, no. let me be the queen. You know no, what I'm saying? My siblings know their place. They know who I am. They know my ranking. Um, I'm, I'm firstborn. That's just how it is. No, see, with my siblings and I, we're all main character syndrome. Oh, no. Literally uh, all of us and my mom are main character syndrome. Oh, I, I know. I know. Can you confirm? I can absolutely confirm, but Fuck. I love the energy. It's fucking horrible. It's chaotic. It's a lot of, ener- it's a lot of energy. It's a lot of energy. When I went to your house <laughs> for your birthday. My 21st birthday. I oh. like two. We got there like at two, two or three a.m. I was so sleepy, but it was so chaotic. I was like, I'm not tired anymore. Like y'all were throwing down. You were shaking ass. We were eating. There we was a on, fight. We got on the island. We were y'all shaking ass. Y'all got on ass. the island. Y'all were throwing hands. You and Selena literally got into a fist fight at three in the morning. I said, okay. And then we started shaking ass after that. Yeah, literally right. Bla- you pulled out the roller speaker, the speaker on the fucking <gasps> oh wheels. Oh my God. <laughs> but yeah, your family is all main character syndrome. I can confirm. I don't know why that is. It's because it has to be because of your mom. Uh, she implemented that. Oh in my all God. Of she's the main character as fuck. Yeah, she spread it. Oh, Jesus. Anyways. <laughs> well that concludes our x of the week segment yeah jesus that was good i loved it that was good um on to the elephant in the room segment we do have a few elephant in the room mm-hmm. topics like in social media life let's go into a, a bigger current event and so everyone in the world yeah. is talking about this one what is it danny Nicki Minaj's drama with another person mulatto mm-hmm. oh my god <laughs> did you see how okay so give us the context of this so in summary basically what had happened was with Nicki Minaj and Mulatto um Nicki Minaj went on social media and she was saying uh basically what happened was her single super freaky girl mm-hmm. um was nominated for I believe a Grammy mm-hmm. and they changed it from a rap song to a pop song weird um yes and so she went on social media and she was saying well if you're going to categorize my song as a pop song, why aren't you going to categorize, categorize Mulatto's um, big energy song mm-hmm. as a pop song as well? Mm-hmm. And then so her and Mulatto kind of just started getting into it. Um, and Nikki was like throwing screenshots. Mulatto was throwing screenshots talking about them. They were going back and forth on Twitter. Um, Mulatto was calling her a 40-year-old bully. She got that trending on Twitter. She caught it trending on Twitter. She was saying she's a 40-year-old bully. She um, she 
she brought up her man. She was saying how her man is a rapist. Oh, my God. And, yeah, so basically they were just going back and forth, throwing receipts, both of them, mm-hmm. at each other. And um, basically they say that Mulatto won because after all of this, Nicki Minaj was deleting her tweets. <gasps> she was? She deleted her tweets, but she was going at it. And so that was kind of what happened. And I love Mulatto. And basically they were going back and forth and I was, I texted a friend um, <laughs> and we were talking about it and they were like, Mulatto better watch out because Nikki's a street bitch. And I'm like, Nikki's not a street bitch. I think her fans are. They're crazy. Her, okay. But you got to remember Mulatto is from the gutter. She's from. I don't know where she's from. She's from the gutter. That's what they call it. Okay. So I think Mulatto is really that bitch. Like, she's really going to press. So you're Team Mulatto. I'm not Team Mulatto, but I understand because Nicki Minaj is... I love Nicki. I think she's great. I think she um, she works with a lot of uh, new up-and-coming artists, and she's always giving new artists a chance. Mm-hmm. And I understand if you... She's very passionate about her music, and she's being snoozed from the Grammys, but then again, who hasn't? Yeah. The weekend, Beyonce. It's true. So many artists, so many other artists have been snoozed, but she's kind of taking too much out of it. She did make a point and say that the same person who made um, Super Freaky Girl made um, one of Drake's songs in 2017, and that one won a Grammy. Mm-hmm. And so, but for me, it's like, I think Nikki's just crazy. Like, she's always targeting somebody. Her and Cardi kind of went in like a little. Shade. I remember that beef. Her, yeah. No, recently, like two weeks Again? ago, and like a little shady um, <sighs> argument. So, Nicki Minaj put, I think JT. No, she put somebody as her uh, profile picture, and so Cardi B put Remy Ma as. Wait, her, I do remember that. And she put Remy Ma <laughs> as her um, profile picture, and so. But I'm like, Nicki's always trying to argue with somebody. Yeah, I, that's I a Sagittarius. Agree. Is she a Sagittarius? Yeah. I agree. I definitely feel like there's always something going on. And you you know, at some point, like, you're an adult, but regardless of my opinion, she makes good fucking music, and that's all I gotta say. Super Freaky Girl is a good song. <laughs> but so is Big Energy. Yeah. I don't know. I <laughs> it's just funny. It was entertaining to me. They're fucking messy. They are. But then again, so am I. We all live for Oh, yeah. aren't we messy? Literally. We're Nicki Minaj in love. <laughs> Anyways, that was just our little elephant in the room for the week. If you are Team Nikki, let us know. If you are Team Mulatto, let us know. Live tweet us. Live tweet us. (laughs) Anyways, on to the next segment. The last segment. The last segment. How do you want to structure your family unit based on your experiences? After concluding this whole episode, talking about our experiences, you letting me know your family dynamic, my family dynamic, um, how we were brought up. How do you want to structure your family? You know, it's really weird. Yeah. When I was younger, like, you know, when you're a kid and like you play house, like you play with your stuffed animals and stuff, you play with Barbies. When I was a kid, I remember when I would do that, when I would play house, I would always be a single parent. What the hell? I swear to God. Like when I would play, I would never like, there was never a dad there. I never like thought that that was necessary. Yeah. And then also like growing up, I was so comfortable with the idea of being a single parent. Like growing up, I was like, yeah, like obviously you need like a, you don't necessarily need a husband, but like you need somebody else to like make a baby with, Yeah. but they don't have to be there. I don't like, think you need to make one anymore. You need somebody to make one anymore. It's true. They just adopt surrogate. No, I think you can even use if 
I'm I'm not 100% sure, but if I'm correct, I can take a piece of your body and use that. What the? Yeah. No way. Uh, I was reading about that. Yeah, but that was how I thought. But I think now that I'm older. <laughs> Before you go on, I remember when I would play house with my cousins, I'd be the mom <laughs> and I'd make them the dogs. <laughs> and I'd make my cousins go on their hands and knees. And they would be the dogs. You know what? So a psychologist needs to get on this episode, on this podcast, and let us know what the hell is wrong with us. They're going to report us and make sure we don't record any more episodes. It's true. We're They're fucking psychologically us. ill. We're, we're ill. It's Anyways, true. as you were saying, go on. Um, But yeah, as I was younger, like my, my thought was like, oh, I could be a single parent. Like, I think that's what's going to happen for me. I don't know why I assumed that. Maybe it was my idea that marriage doesn't work out all the time ever that's deep Ooh. i don't know i was just like i'll probably be divorced was that bad to say kind of it back then this is not how i think now but back then i was like i'm guaranteed at least one or two divorces and maybe that's a result of being a child of divorce but i really and watching a lot of real housewives it's true i think it's just normalized in my mind but now now that i'm with my boyfriend i definitely don't think that way like we talk about how we want our family to look like like how we want to parent our kids all the time i think that's what you talk about four years in like you have nothing else to talk about it's true but our family didn't my ideal structure of my family unit based off of my experiences i want to say is i want to keep it small i think coming from a big family it's and especially being the older sister like i'm bearing a lot of responsibility and a role my role is like you know it, it's very it's important in our family yeah so when I have a family, I don't want to have a lot of kids. I don't want to have many siblings. I just think it's it's a lot, you know? And it I is. already deal with that. I don't want to have my own big family and then create another big family, you know? I, that's just not my mindset. I just want a chill, relaxed, two-parent, two-kid household. And that's purely based off of my experience, which I think is kind of different because most people who come from big families are like, well, I'm used to a big family and all I want is a big family. Yeah. I'm not like that. I don't want a lot of kids. I want two minimum. Um, and as far as structure, family unit, I don't know. I feel like I'm going to be exactly like my dad as like a parent. I'm going to be like the main source of, you know, parenting yeah. and and raising the kids. And like I have a very particular way that I want my kids to come out. And I'm worried. In what way is that? good <laughs> freaking awesome i don't know Ew, I said awesome. freaking amazing i don't know i i just don't want them to turn out bad i think i just don't want them to be awful people which is harder than you think like when you think about it it's like creating somebody and not having like making them not have too many flaws is kind of fucking hard i mean yeah but everybody has flaws that's true i don't know i'm i'm still trying to figure it out i'm only 22 i <laughs> I just know I don't want to have a lot of kids and I want I'm going to be very hands on with my parenting just like my dad was. Quan or what is it? Quantity over quality. Yeah. There no, wait. Wait, wait, quality, wait. Quality quality over quantity. Quality over quantity. That's exactly what it is. I want two really, 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 really great kids. And that's it. I love that. What about you? Um I would say around the same. I think right now I follow this TikToker. Uh, her at is Queen City Trends. I don't know if you've seen her, but basically it's this Indian. Oh my God, I know exactly who you're talking about. She's an Indian mother yep. and she, 
um, is always posting her two kids. I and love she's her. kind of, yeah, she's like, basically it started with her doing like my outfit of the day is, and she started incorporating her daughter and then her son into it. And they kind of started building their own personality, getting comfortable, especially mm-hmm. in the social media aspect. Mm-hmm. She's received a lot of hate from, you know, obviously a lot of white people, a lot of people. They're so mad. Yeah. But she like handles it so gracefully. Um, and so when I look at her TikToks, I'm like that. I would love to up- uplift my kids in that way. Um, I think for me, when it comes to family, same thing. Um, quality over quantity. I don't care how many kids I could have one child um, Mm -hmm. more than likely two but I want my kids to be creatives I want them to be just as um, a strong personality as I am yeah and I think fortunately enough I've seen kind of what I give off because I have Bella Mm -hmm. and I was a good portion like for me raising her I was a good portion in her life before I had moved away. So, you know, I kind of was very structured with her, but I also let her be that child. Mm-hmm. I also I also let her be creative in kind of all aspects she wanted to be, whether that be clothing, speech, um and what else. But pretty much like I think that's that's the same thing. I want my kid to be I don't want to say very sheltered, but I want them to, you know, not see the bad in everything. And I don't think I've, I've talked to people about this and I know that some people want their kids to kind of be deprived of things so that they can kind of fiend for themselves figure it out on their and, own, just like we um, to. you know, kind of be in those lower ends of it so that they can kind of build that structure for themselves. But I, for me, that's not what I want. Um, like I've had conversations with people and they're like, I want my kid to go to the same school I went to so that they can, um, understand what i understand and um and kind of lived in live in what somewhat the same atmosphere that i've lived in and for me i'm like i don't want that i want my kid to be very privileged unfortunately my kid's not touching all of hers california yeah i want my kids to be very privileged and i want my kids to be um a child for as long as they can yeah so that's kind of me but i think on on the same end like because i feel in a way that I grew up too early Mm -hmm. and so you know I just want my kids to be kids I agree with that I feel like I was so serious as an eight-year-old like for what (laughs) yeah they're like you'd be a great lawyer yeah literally they would say that and that's like a nice way of saying you're a fucking douche right that's That's exactly what it is literally that's a great way of saying you need to shut up stop it (laughs) on a side note when you have kids when when you have kids Uh uh-huh what are you gonna name them I have a list. I'm not going to give it out to the general public. Give me a name. Just give me a few names. Just one? No, a few. Okay. If bitches steal these baby names, I'm going to be so pissed. You can have them. I don't care. Um, Catalina is my top one right now. Okay. But I call her Lena. Catalina. Catalina. That's See, cute. I have to think, like I was telling you earlier, I have to name my children names that are Latina. Like I have to, they have to sound right in Spanish. Yeah. Because my boyfriend's parents are Mexican. As you know, fuck. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I can't name my daughter fucking Rachel because, you know, that sounds stupid coming Raquel. <laughs> Raquel. <laughs> it's Raquel. Oh, never mind. I think. Brittany? I don't know. Exactly. See, I have to be conscious of that and I think Catalina is beautiful that's one of them call her mamona what <laughs> no <laughs> that's a pretty name 
I like Catalina. I also like Nadia. Do you like Culera? No. You should name her Culera. No. I don't even know what that means, you bitch. <laughs> Look, Duolingo doesn't have that in it, okay? I'm glad they shouldn't. <laughs> what did you say? The other name? Yeah. Nadia. Nadia. Imagine if I have like two daughters, like Catalina and Nadia. So cute. I'm only planning on having girls, so I don't have any boy names. Sorry. You wouldn't. Would you name your son after his dad? No. <laughs> I am not having um, a son named Edgar. It's not happening. Edgar for me. Jr. Ugh. Edgar already is a junior. Is he? Yes, his dad's name's Edgar. Ew. Yeah. Sorry, Edgar. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I also, I'm thinking of naming my kid after um. Whatchamacallit. Um, we were discussing how we really like Edgar's brother's name. Harley? Yeah. Harley's a cute name. I think it'd be so cute for a girl. Yeah, Harley's a cute name. So cute. That's cute. What I about you? Do you have any baby names? I think I only have like one. What? I think for sure if it's a girl, I would name it after my mom's maiden name. What's her mom's maiden name? Because she goes by her middle name in the city. What's she her got two name? names just in case. <laughs> so my mom goes by priscilla but i would call her amelia 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 is her maiden like her maiden name that's beautiful i think that's cute so i'd either do amelia um or eva and that's my aunt's name isn't that your drag name yeah <laughs> and then if it's a boy i would do luca for sure oh luca's cute like the movie yeah like the movie so i would do luca i like that name but you didn't like the movie I'm sorry. I mean, it was cute. It's not like I hated the movie. I just didn't connect with it like you did. Whatever. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> that concludes our episode for this week. Yeah. Period. I think um, this episode was so good. I really like this one. Yeah, this um, one was cute. Yeah, I just want to say thank you to everybody for listening. Um, please make sure to follow our socials. Let everybody follow our socials. Um, what is going to be our next episode, Danielle? Next week, we are going to do our Q&A episode. Ooh. So we're going to need you guys. We're going to put up a questionnaire or some kind of form on our link tree on our Instagram. So make sure you're following us on Instagram at President's Club Podcast. And we're going to allow you guys to submit questions to us. And that's what we're going to do next week. We'll do segments. We'll do fun reoccurring segments. But the main thing is, you guys, we're going to answer these heated questions that you guys have been dying to ask us. Literally. Thank you, guys. And once again, like we said, this last episode was um, our highest listened to episode. So I want to thank you guys on that end. And I think that's it for it. Yeah. All right, guys. Meeting, Meeting adjourned. adjourned. Bye. Bye.